0: Welcome, welcome to the, to the Matt, Matt Largent Concert. Because if you're going to screw it up, screw it up with style. You've got to serve and serve first, and then you have to make that conscious decision. Oh, if you have any problems, dial information. Thank you for calling. Hey, and welcome back. I'm super excited we're into the servant leadership season two we're getting into actual servant leadership we're going to be uh, using this season to go into servant leadership and talking about all the different aspects uh, the different characteristics the different parts that make a servant leader and as we go through these I really want you to understand that uh, you've got to know where you are in order to determine where you need to go there is nothing worse then being a leader or wanting to be a leader and having an idea of where you want to go what your next step is. I want to be uh, a manager. Or I want to be a leader. Or I want to be uh, this next step. I want to be a district manager or an area manager or a regional manager or a director or a president. I want to own my own company. Whatever the case may be, you've got dreams and aspirations. You've got a target in mind. And regardless of if you're a 18 year old kid or a 12 year old kid. And I say kid in the sweetest possible way, because I am nowhere near that. Um, you know, I, I may act like a kid in a lot of times, but uh, I am not nearly the kid that I I wish I was. Um, but you, you've got a, you've got a destination in mind. I mean, when you think back to when you were, uh, you know, 12 or eight or whatever. And somebody said, what did you want to be? You had an aspiration. You had an idea. You had a vision, a hope or a dream or, you know, things like that. My 14 year old tells me, you know, that she wants to be a voice actor. And I think that's cool, you know? Uh, But you've got to understand where you are in order to get where you're going. You know, if you want to take a an, a trip a, and you decide you want to take a road trip, then knowing where you are is the most important starting point to figure out how you're going to get to your destination. You know, if it weren't for GPS, I am pretty sure that 90% of the world would be lost nowadays. Um, it's, it's insane how much, we have come to rely on technology or, you know, and it, it, technology is great. Technology is way cool. Technology is the thing that has gotten me the opportunity to reach out to places like Germany and all over the United States. And uh, hopefully some of our great leadership that we have out there um, in in the United States as well and, and aspiring leaders. Uh, technology is a phenomenal tool. Um, but the thing is, is that also takes away some of that drive and determination. Uh, you think about, again, like I said, GPS, we we, we expect it to always know right where we are. And I, I mean, I think all of us fall prey into just expecting that our technology is going to give us the answers that we want. And that we're, you know, especially with determination of where we are, and where we want to go. We want to have a very simple map. Tell me the quickest possible route, the best way to take it. And then I'm going to race the time that it says everybody does it. Everybody's racing that time that it says that you're going to make it to that destination. And I think that our our aspirations and our goals and our dreams are very much the same is that we, we want a very clear and concise picture of how to get there. What's got the least amount of traffic. There's no accidents. There's no road traps and, uh, you know, speed traps and nothing that's going to derail me or go off and and stop me from hitting this goal. I'm just going to go do it and and I'm going to do it in, you know, 10% 10% less time than the than the GPS told me. And I think we get used to that idea and the bottom line is is that in most instances we're starting off with a false starting point. And let me explain what I mean by that. When I say we're starting off with a false starting point is we don't want to be truly honest, brutally honest, just direct with ourselves as far as our skills and ability. And if we're truly prepared for that next step for that leadership role. And so as you're listening and as we're going through these 12 different characteristics of servant leadership, you need to really, truly be honest with yourself You know, and just about anything that I've talked about, and some of these you're going to get just relapse of season one. You know, rants and rays, and absolute just uh, obliteration. I have to work my absolute rear end off, continuing to remind myself of servant leader characteristics. Uh, continuing to put myself on the right path, continuing to look at where really am I? You know, I think I'm, you know, I think I'm on Jupiter when it comes to leadership. I'm way out there when I'm actually, you know, on a little asteroid just past the moon, you know, and it's just terrible. And so you've got to really figure out where you are by Understanding what each of the characteristics and the traits are, what they mean, and then really evaluating where you are. What I like to do is I like to get with my my leaders that I'm training, that I'm mentoring, that I'm working with, and I tell them to make a scale. And you put on one end of the scale is management. And these are the tangible aspects of being a leader, the things that you can measure, the things that are, you can weigh and that you see, you know, results that are, uh, measurable out of, you know, your, your time, your, um, results, your, your bottom line, your, your income, your, uh, Production and your numbers and your your all of these different things these are manageable tangible aspects and then on the other end of the scale is the intangible that's that's the motivation and the loyalty and the drive and the honor and the the courage and the independence and the strength and and empathy and healing and stewardship uh these are all of these. These intangible aspects. And then you've got to figure out where exactly you are in this scale. Between this point and that point, where do you lean towards? Do you lean stronger towards those? Tangible aspects. I like to have measurables. I like to have things that make sense and, and that I can, I can say, here's where I am. And I can, you know, are, do you have to look at that map all the time and see exactly where you are? Uh, do you like to have the measurable, uh, production and, and a specific target or goal and then, you know, drive towards it? And there are a lot of people out there that are managers. They like the, tangible aspects. Uh, and a lot of times, and we can get into this, uh, a lot of times that's because they're control freaks. I can't control a lot of things in my life, but I can control this. I can control my workspace. I can control my job. I can control my company. I can control those that I lead. Uh, and it's, it's a false sense of control, but it's still a sense of control because you're, you're controlling these tangible aspects of what you're doing, your operations, your security, your uh, you know, goals, your, your trends, all of these different things. You're able to measure, you're able to weigh, and you're able to look at and see uh, tangibly what, where you're going and what's going on. And then there's those that are very intangible, your high expressive personalities, and they're they're flying on a wing and a prayer. There's very little organization to what they're doing. Uh, if you're the kind of person that comes up with amazing ideas, but those ideas very rarely come to fruition because you are all over the dadgum map, then you are probably much more likely to lean towards this direction, towards the intangible side. And the really great thing is, is that it really doesn't matter which end of the spectrum that you're on. You could be way deep on one end. The thing that you have to remember is that this is where we get into the term optimal anxiety is that we're moving step by step outside of our comfort zone into a zone of what we call optimal anxiety. And we're using that to further and engage us to the other side. Don't do the yo-yo effect. I call it the yo-yo effect because if you draw it on a line, it looks like a yo-yo. If you draw that line straight across, okay, and you put on one side, here are the management, the tangible aspects. Here are, on the other side is here's the intangible, the leadership aspects. Here's where I am. What happens invariably is that, People who are more on one end of the spectrum they start struggling at many points they get frustrated things start you know going south uh, if you're very good at management then you don't have the intangible aspects so you don't have the loyalty and the drive and the motivation and the inspiration as much as others and so people become frustrated you start losing people you've got high turnover maybe people are frustrated they don't understand you and and things start going south and so you know whether it be your company or or your organization or you're a leader within an organization you start thinking well i need to do i need to be more more motivational i need to be more inspirational so you jump all the way to the other end of the spectrum trying to be this expressive high impact motivational inspirational wild child And it is so uncomfortable for you. It is so nuts that at some point you're just throwing up your hands because you don't know what the hell it does make any sense. You've lost all control. And so you zip back down to the other end of the spectrum and it looks like you're yo-yoing back and forth. It's what we also call, you know, leadership bipolarism. We're flipping back and forth on the spectrum and the same thing happens to those on the, on that leadership, that tan, the intangible aspect side is that they're flying by the seat of their pants. There's no organization. People start running willy nilly. There's no, um, structure or discipline there's. And, and so in, invariably, they get taken advantage of. They get, um, you know, they start having issues. They start having challenges, operations, uh, struggles with keeping things functioning and smooth. And so they start jumping to the other side, thinking that they need to be much more. I need to be more strict and structured and manage and hammer them and blah, blah, blah. And, and you know, their people start freaking out because they don't know what's happening. It, it's, it's, it's a yo-yo effect. And that's not what you want. What you want is for you to understand exactly where you are on this spectrum and then take one small step towards center. And the goal is for us to be as close as center. Nobody's going to be perfectly centered. If you lean specifically towards that tangible management side, you are always going to lean towards that. It is going to take a conscious effort for you to continue to work towards that other side. And the same thing, if you're on that intangible, that leadership side, then it is going to make, it's a conscious effort for you to be structured, be organized. Um, and, and here's the thing. If you're more of that intangible, that leader, it's a little easier for you. Let, let's just be honest because there's technology that is 100% here that is going to help you. If you are more on the management side, you have a hard road to hoe. You really do. Because you can do structure and organization, so can your computer. You look at tons of these large organizations, they have it structured and organized where, you know, if your people are showing up late, it, it knocks demerits or, or gives them, you know, warnings and, and does things for you automatically that you don't have to think about. If you don't have those and you're an expressive, then you're, or you're a high intangible. Then you're just sitting there going, hey, I'm just glad they showed up. And then all of a sudden, it's everybody coming in whenever they want, doing whatever they want. And you can't figure out what just happened. And so figuring out exactly where you are on that spectrum and being honest with yourself. The only person you're hurting, the only person you are just crushing is yourself when you're dishonest about where you actually are. If you're looking at that next role and you're going, well, I deserve that role because I've been here longer, then you probably have no business in that next role because you don't understand, like we talked about last time, you don't comprehend the responsibility that you are accepting and that you're diving into. If you're looking at that next role and it scares the absolute hell out of you, but you are you are willing to accept that responsibility, it's the fear but the respect for the role, and you're ready to take it on, then you need to dive into it and get excited. The idea is that you want to serve and serve first. And if you take the word servant and you replace it with the word servant, leadership or intangible it makes sense serving is an intangible skill serving is those qualities of listening and empathy and healing that connects to the humanity of your people they're not resources they're not assets god i hate that term our best asset is our people (laughs) Your best asset is a physical thing that you use to get the best return out of, and that's what you're going to call your people. Stop calling people assets. They're human beings, which means they're going to screw up, which means they're going to make mistakes. You have got to be a good servant to them. It's the intangible aspects of this. If you take the word leader and servant leader and replace it with those tangible aspects, uh, conceptualization, foresight, uh, persuasion, even, it's using tangible skills. To make sure that your people are in the best possible position, your business is in the best possible position, or your organization is in the best possible position for not just now, but the future. You see, your people that you're serving are looking at it today. They're looking at maybe tomorrow, maybe even this week. And if you've got some really good ones, then they're looking at maybe even the whole month or the next month. But they're not looking at it six months down the road. Man, they're doing everything they can to look at right now. You've got to, as their leader, see their six months and their year down the road and prepare them and serve them by doing the best possible things to prepare them for that six months, one year, two years, five years down the road. They're already focusing on the right now and the tomorrow and things like that. You should have already looked at those. And so we need to really determine where you are on this spectrum. And that's really when we go through, as we go through these, and we're going to, like I said, we're going to spend about an episode on each one of these. As we're going through these, I really want you to determine maybe even maybe even measure each one on a scale like that. How focused am I on this on a scale of one to 10? How important is this to me? How well do I perform this? How important do I see it? And then really take a measurement of, are you acting tangibly or intangibly? Where on the spectrum are you? And how will you take those baby steps to the next side? And think about it like this: If you, so, if you drew that spectrum, okay, you drew that line. You've got tangible, you've got intangible, and you drew yourself. Say maybe more towards the intangible side. Maybe you're you're three quarters down that line. Not not hugely down on the end, but three quarters down that line. What you want to do, just draw a little thumb-sized circle around it. You know, the tip of your thumb, draw that circle around it. That's your comfort zone. You work within kind of those bounds, okay? So your line doesn't have to be perfect there. But this is your comfort zone. This is where you operate. Your goal, then, is to take just outside. This is optimal anxiety. Just outside of that circle towards the center is where you want to step towards. Now, people are like, Matt... What does that mean? <laughs> How do I take a step in that direction? What does that mean? Well, if you're an intangible, that means that you add one or two tangible aspects. And I tell you guys, it's easier to move from intangible to tangible because we have technology. I can sit there and say, if I am a super intangible person, I can set up calendar reminders. I can set up uh, phone reminders and pop-ups and automatic forwards and, and uh, reports that generate themselves. I can do all of those things to bring it right in front of my face when I need to be focused in on it and be ready to pay attention. But if it's a, if you've focused on the tangible side, if that's if you're three quarters or quarter down the line towards that tangible side, and you can't set a reminder to go out and listen to your people. You can't have a pop-up that says, uh, little Johnny, your employee or, or your your person that you're serving uh, really needs some time to heal and to grow and you know there's there's a rift in your team and you need to do this there's no reminders for that there's no machine or computer or technology in the world that tells you that people need a coaching session a real honest to god coaching session not you sitting down and telling them their performance sucks or their performance is good and how are they going to get better performance an honest to God coaching session is an opportunity for you to grow more understanding of them and listening to them and gaining a better respect and ability to understand how you can serve them and by serving them. They'll perform. They'll be able to do more for you and for the organization that you're representing than ever before. And so it's hard if you're a tangible person, it's a challenge, but I know that it can be done. I have been all over the spectrum. My people, absolutely. I call it leadership bipolarism because I was bipolar leader. I would be all over the place. One minute just getting crap done, focused in my employees would come to me. Hey, can I go to lunch? What's that going to do for me? What's that going to do for our production? Our team needs X, Y, Z. Can you get me one of those? If you can get me one of those, then you can go to lunch. And so they knew I had a singular focus on three specific targets and that was it. And everything surrounded those three singular targets But the thing was, is that when my people got frustrated, when I started going, uh, having turnover, things like that, then I tried to mix fun in whenever I I had to. And it was like one minute I'm all over the place, you know, focused and intent. And the next minute, uh, I'm trying to tell jokes and play and laugh. And and it, it was very weird and uncomfortable for some of my people. They didn't know how to take it. They didn't know if I was serious. And then I've been where I've been, you know, trying to joke and laugh and and it was a serious situation and I literally had an employee tell me at one point when it's serious, you've got to let it be serious. I don't, I don't need a joke. I need you to be straightforward with me and direct and helpful. And so You've got to know exactly where you are. You've got to take little baby steps, meaning that you just you take on little things. If you're a high tangible, you like to manage, you like to have control, then take baby steps, meaning let control go of little things at a time. Give it over when you delegate. Don't delegate by saying, hey, I want you to do this exactly how I do it, the way I do it and when I do it. And when they don't, correcting them and going back and doing it behind them. That's not delegation. That is not delegation at all. That's irony. That's rude. It's condescension. If you're going to delegate, have faith in your person and let them do it. They may do it their own way and it may take them twice as long and it may be a pain in the butt and you may have shown them the better way to do it but you let them do it. You trust and verify. Trust that they're going to do it and then you verify that you got what it that it got done. Not that you go back and redo it, not that you find all the errors, but you just verify that it got done. And we have a hard time with that. Letting go of control, not doing it the way I want it done. Well, this is mine and I'm, I'm responsible for this. (laughs) Fine. Then clone you 10 times and go, oh wait, you can't. So now you either have to trust other people or you're going to watch your business fail. You're going to watch it crash and burn. You're going to watch your organization go to the ground. You're going to watch people have no faith in you because you have no faith in them. <clears throat> baby steps it's all about baby steps so we're going to go through these there's 12 characteristics that we're going to talk about with servant leader and, and these characteristics have been developed and there's actually a Greenleaf Center uh, for Servant Leadership. Super, super cool. You can find it uh, online. They have lots of resources. There are tons of resources out there, tons and tons and tons. And I'll share several of them. Uh, I'll put them on on the page where you guys can check it out on the anchor page uh, or, you know, on on the social media. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn and and you can find me on uh uh Facebook, TikTok, uh Instagram. I'll I'll try to put it in several places so you guys can find it. Uh if not, you can always email me G-E-N-T-R Y 11B at gmail.com. Um but we're gonna go through these 12 12 characteristics and we're going to break them down. And I want you to think of it like this. Think of two rings. One ring is that servant it's that side of of intangibles. It's it's these key pieces. And then the other ring is those tangibles or those leader qualities, okay? So you have one ring that is the servant side of it. You have another ring that's the leader side of it. And where those two rings will overlap, these will be those key pieces that tie them together and create servant leadership. So as a servant, as a person who serves, we have to have great listening and empathy and healing. These are abilities and characteristics, and and like I said, we're going to go through each one of them, um, that you have to have to be a good servant. To be a good leader, you have to have a great awareness. And awareness is super important. Again, we're going to go through all of these guys um, and girls and anything other. Um, You have to have great awareness. I was aware that I was absolutely befuddled on what to say there. Uh, You have to have great persuasion, and I like to use the dirty word. It's manipulation. Okay. That's a dirty word, but it's only a dirty word when people misuse it. Persuasion is equally, they mean the same thing. If you have or have ever had kids or if you were a child at one time, and hopefully you were, hopefully we have no robots or or weird alien things listening, um, then your parents talked you into eating your vegetables. Maybe they they used ice cream or, or dessert, or maybe they said, you're not getting up from this table until you eat those. For me, I always told my daughter that I had sugar in my green beans, and she loved to eat my green beans. Um, it was manipulation to get an outcome that benefited them. It didn't benefit me whatsoever. It didn't benefit your parents whatsoever. It benefited you. That's the difference. When you manipulate or persuade to benefit yourself, then you're an evil SOB. Uh, Leaders also have great conceptualization. And Great foresight. So you have these seven basic skills, four of them that are that leader qualities, three of them that are those servant qualities. When you overlap that and work together, then you have these five qualities that create that key piece that ties it together. I like to say it's kind of like a a marriage. You know, the two wedding rings are a great symbol and and they have so many different meanings that have been used. The most common one people, you know, the circle without end. Uh, But I also like to think of it as my ring is my life. Your ring is your life. They're joined in, in holy matrimony, meaning that our lives overlap, but never will one over the other. My life is not more important than your life. Your life is not more important than my life. I am not going to bend for your life and you're not going to bend for mine. They have to work together. And so they overlap in key pieces that make it greater together. And that's the same thing that we see here is that when the servant and the leader aspects overlap, they create a much greater strength in these characteristics that we're that we're about to talk about. Uh, And those are stewardship, a commitment to people, building community, calling, and nurturing the spirit. So these are the 12 12 characteristics of servant leadership that we're going to talk about. Now, we can get into listening because I have jumped all over listening. But the thing about listening is, is that even if I have jumped all over listening over and over and over again, it's never going to be enough because listening is a perishable skill. If you listened uh, to the episode in season one where we talked about listening, um, what's wrong with listening? I want to say it was like episode 14 or, or uh, 10 or something like that. Um, it, it's, it's a great one. Listen to that one. It's going to be a replay, so actually you may not want to listen to it, but hey, you, you do you. I'm I'm happy with you and your life. Um, listening is a perishable skill, which means that if you don't practice it, you lose it, and you will constantly have to practice it, because people love to think that they're great listeners. People love to think that they, oh... People will always talk to me because I'm such a good listener. You're a good sounding board. Listening isn't just about sitting there and 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 hearing what they are saying. It's active. You have to be an active listener in order to be successful listener. And so, like I said, I could really dig into this today, but I'm not going to because I think it deserves a full show of its own. Even though I've done a full show about it before, I am going to do another full show about it. It's that critical and that unused of a skill. Less than 2% of the, of the population of, of leaders, uh, of professionals have training and listening. And those are like therapists and and people like that. And I would I, man, I, I if I can get a therapist or somebody on here and they could talk about some of the listening skills that they've had, that would be cool. So if you're a therapist or a psychiatrist or a psychologist and you're listening and you want to share with us some of the skills that you learned in listening, please. Please shoot me an email. I'd love to get you on so that you can share some of your input uh, about servant leader, about listening. Uh, this probably I'll, I'll be recording it here on the 14th on oh, Valentine's Day. It might be the 15th. <laughs> so I'd love to get with you and get you on the show so that you can talk about it with us. Uh, because I do think that listening is an absolute critical skill. Uh, 97% of what they hear comes not nonverbally or excuse me 93%. 93% of what a person hears, how they perceive you comes from nonverbal communication. That is that is wild to me. And yet you know, we go into coaching sessions or one-on-one or an employee comes in and says, Hey, I need to talk to you. And you're like, yeah, I, I hear you. You know, I've just got to finish this. Keep, keep, go ahead. You're not listening. And when you think that you can multitask, oh, I can listen. And I no, you, you can hear and you can repeat. So can a machine. As a matter of fact. You can go back and play this over and over and over again. It doesn't mean that you're listening. It means you hear it. You can quote it verbatim, and guys are really good at doing this. You can quote verbatim what was said and even some rudimentary idea of what it meant. It doesn't mean that you're listening. Listening is an active skill. And so I'm really going to dive into this next week on the 15th uh, and I'll put it out that night so that you guys can get in there and and listen to it on the 16th or maybe I can get it on the 13th, Uh, but I'll get it to you guys Monday or Tuesday of uh, this next week, uh, either the 13th or the 15th of February. So be ready to get real about listening next week. Now I want to go off. I want to do I want to do some ranting time. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. The track. And, and the funny thing is is that I have to I have to do it at the end cuz something that I notice is that I, I would lose people after my rants. Like they they'd listen to my rants and then they'd move on. So uh, I wanted to get some rant time in, but I got to tell you guys, I look at leadership and I try to look at it with an unbiased eye, and I'm talking about world leadership. I'm talking about uh, presidents and prime ministers and kings and queens. Uh, I'm talking about governors and senators and congressmen and members of parliaments, and and all of these different things. And I am struggling to find good servant leaders in in our. Political arena, and and I don't care which way you lean, because I'll tell you something. I I am a firm believer that there are more people that are just kind of middle of the road than there are uh, one way or another. These extremist sides uh, of of politics, and it's two extremist sides, and. and I don't know where we why we narrowed it to just only two different sides uh, but I am struggling to find good servant leaders now there's some there are some definite ones out there there's some that uh, but they are far 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 outmeasured and outweighed by these people that have no servant leadership skills And so I struggle with this because I struggle with the idea that I am represented by people that have not my best interests at heart, but their party, their affiliation, or whoever screaming the loudest best interests at heart. Is anybody else getting that same impression? Because, like I said, I'm a firm believer that there are more people that instead of saying that I'm voting for the right person, we're saying we're voting for the lesser of two evils. We're voting for this person because we absolutely hate that person. Not because it's the right person for the job. Not because we agree with what they're saying but because we agree with them, we disagree with them less than the other. How does that feel like the people have the power? Because we've proven over and over and over again, and there are countries out there that give absolutely no power to the people. And I think that we have all, all, free thinking, free press, free media, free information, nations agree that that would absolutely suck. We have zero interest in having uh, just leaders that are chosen for us. And we have no say, no information, no media, no outlets. And that's, you know, 80% of the world or whatever. So, I mean, don't, don't take that stat to heart. I'm just throwing that out there. There There's so many more free nations and people that have freedoms. than there are these nations that are cracked down, clamped down, shut down where the people have no say, but is it real freedom or is it an illusion of freedom? because we're we're not picking the person who best represents us. We're picking the person who doesn't represent us the worst. That doesn't mean that this person is better. Where's my voice? Well you you got your voice at at the at the voting booth. Well, I had a choice of this person or that person. That that was my option. Guys, it got to a place in the United States, where like two percent of the states that Kanye West was on the ballot for voted for him. Because they were like, he's not either one of these idiots. And again, I I'm not gonna get into my political leanings. I'm not gonna I'm just from a servant leader standpoint, I need people to point and show me those that are serving and serving first. And then they made the conscious decision to lead. And like I said, you, you can point out a couple of good ones. I personally think the queen of England is a great one. Like 70 years as the monarch, you know, at some point she thought I just need to turn this over to somebody else. Like I'm tired Always having to do the right thing. Always having to say the right thing. Looking out for the best interest. My life is under a microscope. You know, you look at uh, celebrities that have absolutely lost their ever-loving minds because they get put under a microscope for a year or five years or ten years of fame. Seventy years. She's been under a microscope and she has busted her butt To not just make sure she does the right thing for England and for the face of the world, but that she, her family and everybody who serves under her is like that. That is a boss lady. Like that is impressive. I don't think she gets near enough credit um, as a, a powerful woman like that is a great servant leader. There's a couple in in Congress and in the Senate. There's, you know, I'm sure there are some in public service all over the place, but very rarely are they elected. And when they do, they get crucified by those that aren't because they're looking out for they're serving others while these others are serving themselves. So here's my challenge. I want you to share with me, and again, you can get me on Instagram, uh, LinkedIn, Facebook. It's at Matt Largent Concert. You can find me on any one of those, all one word, and you can share with me if you have a a leader, a servant leader, one who follows the, the, the 12 attributes or at least has key significant pieces of those that they try to serve the best interests of others, not the best interests of their party. If you throw me somebody who's, who's giving you a party line, then I am going to call you out because that's what I do. I'm going to be honest and straightforward. But someone who serves – they listen, they have empathy and healing, they, they're they persuasive, they have foresight, they're aware, they're nurturing, they have a calling to this. Send them to me. Let me look at them because Part of what I'd like to do with my Uncensored is start looking at, not politically, but as servant leaders, I want to start looking at these world leaders and these national leaders uh, from all over the world and really get to understand where these servant leaders are and really, I just want to praise them. You know, I want to put them out there on a pedestal. Let others know, here's a great servant leader. So send them to me on on any of my social media or email them to me. Uh email you can email them to me, email me their name and and where they're at and all that good stuff. I'll google them up and start looking up their stuff and start researching about them uh and and I'll look forward to to sharing them with others. But let let's find servant leaders. Let's lift up servant leaders and start making that popular. Not one party or another party or, you know, these two specific teams or groups, let's lift good servant leaders and make that the party that we believe in. As always, I love to hear from you guys. I appreciate everyone and I'm looking forward to hearing uh, if any of you guys, and again, if you're a therapist, uh, a, a psychiatrist, psychologist, if you've taken a formal listening training, Email me your info. I'd love to have you on the show so we can share. Uh, may try to find an author or two. Uh, maybe we'll get some some guests in next time that talk about listening so that you guys don't have to hear me screaming about it for uh, 45 minutes. But look forward to talking to you guys next time. Like I said, it's going to be February 13th or the 15th. Just kind of depends on. I'm not going to try and do it on Valentine's Day because uh, it's because I don't want you guys to have to listen to me on valentine's day uh go listen to your significant other other than that i will talk to you guys very soon thanks welcome, welcome, to, welcome to the to matt, matt largent concert because if you're gonna screw it up screw it up with style you've got to serve and serve first and then you have to make that conscious decision Or if you have any problems, dial information. Thank you for calling. And like that, he's gone.